for joining the podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and latest trends in digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is Samir Khan. What's up, Samir? Hey, Jeremy. It's the end of the year. We're close to Thanksgiving. I know. It's weird. I have to decide. So my daughter has this validation. It was pretty smart. She said, um, Dad, there's no um, Thanksgiving music. I said, you're correct. There's no such thing as Thanksgiving music. So she said, you're allowed to play Christmas music. I said, okay. So when are you allowed to play Christmas music? He said, well, after the last holiday that has their own music. So she said, Halloween. Halloween. I said, okay. Yeah. So she says at 1201, a minute after midnight, you can start playing Christmas music all the way up until Christmas. <laughs> I, like, I, okay. don't, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times it's all about the metrics and stuff like that. And uh, I, I teach my kids how to kind of validate and understand based on KPIs and metrics. I was like, okay, I guess my kids are going to turn out to be nerdy like you and I. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of nerds, speaking of somebody who's uh, really done something amazing, we have another guest on. So we have Ian White, um, who's a founder and CTO of ChartHop. And uh, welcome to the show, Ian. Hey, great to be on the show. Fantastic. So let be, uh, rather than me kind of butcher your bio, because I, I see you do a, a ton of things, uh, I'm, I'm going to push it over to you and, and ask you to kind of brag about yourself a bit and, and stuff like that. So uh, take it on. For sure. So my name is Ian White. I'm the founder and CEO of Chartop, uh, which is we are people analytics platform that brings together disparate sources of data into a dynamic platform that's visual and actionable. And uh, ChartHop has been around for a couple of years, about two years now. Uh, and uh, we've been building the company from, I, I founded the company as a team of one. We're now about 125 people today. Wow, nice. And um, nice. before this, I'm, I'm a you know, multiple time startup founder. I've been building technology for a long time. I previously started a marketing tech company called SalesTrip. Uh, which uh, was uh, still today, it was acquired by Campaign Monitor, uh, one of the largest uh, personalized email vendors for big media companies uh, in, in the world. And uh, before that, I was uh, the first head of engineering at Business Insider, uh, where, I, uh, where I built that initial platform. And I did a whole bunch of startups uh, in, my, in my youth in uh, mostly in and around the, the New York area. Um, uh, Very cool. East, Northeast, my, my whole life. Uh, grew up in Boston, moved to New York about 16 years ago. So, so let's start with that because um, our, our listeners love to hear about career journeys, their, their path. Um, we always like to, to ask our guests to start with the first really bad job that they had, right? So some people's like, yeah, I worked, I worked at the mall in retail or I was, you know, flipping burgers at the McDonald's but I was a, I was a, a shift lead or something like that. And then, so when you talk about that, talk about, I guess, the first job you've had and then the journey to get to where you are today. But then if you could, I know this is a multi-part question, highlight that key person. Was there like a bad influencer that said, oh my God, and now Ian's saying, I'm never going to be like this person ever again. And I'm going to go this direction because they were so bad. Or there was that really amazing influencer or mentor or somebody that helped you out? Yeah, you know, so I, I've been 
programming since I was 10 years old. So my, my first job, I wanted to do something in the software industry. So I, I wound up getting my, my foot in the door, uh, you know, the way a lot of people do, which is QA. And uh, QA nowadays, I think, has a lot more, uh, there's just a lot more elements to it. Right. Focused on automation and all kinds of interesting things. Uh, QA back then was definitely, you know, let's go through a very, very long playbook yep. of, uh, of tasks to, to repeat over and over again and check a, check a box. I was like checking a box on a piece of paper, actually, and then entering it into the bug system if I found anything. It was, uh, it was a, 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 long, a long and tedious summer, uh, but it, uh, it taught me a lot. It actually taught me a, a lot. What age was this for you for doing that job? So this, this was actually at 16. I did this as a sort of summer summer, oh, cool. summer job. And, uh, you know, it was a very boring job in a lot of ways. But yeah. it also, it taught me a lot about how a software development process works. And, like um, you know, attention to detail and attention to quality and how all the different pieces, uh, you know, fit together. This was sort of, you know, I'm dating myself the mid-90s. So that, you know, internet was kind of nascent mm -hmm. and um, the whole way we thought about uh, connectivity and tools and technology was just, just very different. Uh, and um, it was, it was a great experience. I never want to do QA again. Uh, although uh, <laughs> <laughs> the pain that comes with it, right. It's yeah. Yeah, been through, I've been through a little bit of QA and one of my, in one of my uh, companies, but yeah, I'm not hearing where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. It could be fun in the beginning, like once you're starting to identify, uh, it kind of starting to debug and uh, making sure everything is nice. You kind of enjoy that in the beginning, but it, over time it becomes monotonous, especially if you go through the same queries uh, that you identify in the debugging process, then it just becomes like, oh my God, it's here we go again. Fortress. Torturous. QA <laughs> can actually, like, I don't mean to denigrate QA. It can be a really absolutely not. No, it's a very important part of the process. It's a difficult job. It's a it's difficult a job. job. If you like, if a good QA person can actually really just break things and find things that no one else can find. Um, it's just really, really often. Well, I love my QA guys because without the QA, we're going to be launching a lot of crap outside, right? You know, not going to go through the QA is not going to be functional. We're always going to have issues. Um, so, I mean, I really appreciate the job that they do. Uh, and it's, you, you need to be a different type of person to be a QA person. Yes. My, yeah. Let's leave it to that, right? It's definitely a different mentality for sure, you know? Um, but, uh, but some you know, I, I think I think in any discipline of of certainly building software, right, you want to have a combination of uh, creatively strategizing how to how to uh, work your way sort of out of the box, and having the, the discipline to um, to to get all the steps in the process really right, and uh, the best the best uh, software, the best processes come out of a combination of process orientation and uh, creative destruction. Nice, that's awesome. So let's talk about ChartHub because I was really fascinated when I started uh, reading your bio and I started looking at uh, what ChartHub does in terms of the analytics and 
yeah, I think so. One of my one of my biggest pet peeves in working in several different large organizations is most of the time uh, the hiring process is very cyclical, right? If the economy is good, we're going to hire a bunch of people. Uh, if something happened, if a macroeconomic factor or industry changes or maybe a COVID, uh, then we start laying off a lot of people. And that, to me, frustrates more than anything else on how corporate America works. And I mean, I love it, but at the same time, it's very frustrating to see this big changes. And sometimes it'll feel like it's helpless. Like, you know, we people just blame the economy. They blame the macro factors. Uh, they blame a lot of things. How can Chart Hop change that uh, major, major issue that is experienced by almost all organizations? Well, what we're really trying to do is help organizations plan and understand their people better than they do. And I think, you know, business really taken off, especially in the last, last year or so, in part because of a lot of trends are making it the time of um, the strategic people. You know. um, I think COVID definitely cast a light on a lot of different things. Um, you know, people have more flexibility in many cases of where they want to work. So, uh, you know, people are not necessarily tied to, to a job in the same way that they were, you know, the so-called great resignation or great reshuffle or whatever you want to call it as people really reevaluate what's important to them. Um, a real focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and fairness uh, over the last year or so um, has really had companies really thinking very thoughtfully about how can we compensate fairly, how can we um, how can we make sure that people are being treated in an inclusive, fair manner, and that the policies and practices that the company has are treating people the right way, treating people equally. Um, and I think the, the kind of business you know, demands that COVID and, and a, a lot of uh, factors placed on, on business where some companies had to do massive layoffs and then immediately rehire a bunch of people. Some, some companies' businesses took off and they were suddenly were, were in hyper growth mode um, and everything in between. There's a new appreciation of the value of being flexible and being fast moving and being able to be anti-fragile in the way that we as an organization or as people react to change. And so how can you, you know, how can you accomplish a people strategy, right? How can you retain your people or hire people or pay fairly or plan for the future or respond to changing circumstances? Well, it starts with you have to have the data. You can't make, I mean, this is an analytics podcast. You know, like you can't, you can't make a decision without having the data mm -hmm. to base that decision making off of. And too often, um, many companies actually don't have their people data in one place or in a way that it's, it's accessible, visual, actionable, and available for uh, not just the people or HR or people analytics leader, but everyone, all business stakeholders to be able to, to, to quickly find out information they need to know. I mean, you know, I talk to companies that are hiring so fast or scaling so fast that 
they literally don't know what their their headcount is, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Samir, Samir and I were like that at Rackspace. Yeah. Yeah. Every every week we'd turn over and we'd see a brand new person sitting in our department. Like, what, what is going on here? Right. No, totally. Yeah. In, in, in that so, I, so I want to uh, I want to dig into the one of the thing that you mentioned, which is very interesting, right? The mass exodus that's happening today, and I'm very very curious. Like I don't think anyone has solved it, and you know a lot of people have uh, theories and pieces in terms of what's happening and how this is going to change, and it's impacting um, it's impacting everything. It's impacting logistics and impacting uh, pretty much uh, how we work. A lot of people are quitting job in search of something new. Uh, something different that they want to do or yeah. something exciting. Uh, and a lot of people are uh, going to have a heartbreak, unfortunately, right? Because they're they're trying to do something. Uh, some people are going to be successful, but a lot of people are going to find that uh, what they had is better than what they're trying to do. They're going to be stuck without a job doing nothing. Taking the risk. <laughs> but at the same time, like from a chart hop standpoint, right? How can chart hop help me solve this challenge that my organization and other organizations are dealing with uh, this mass exit that's happening? Well, lots of different ways. I mean, people leave jobs, and especially people are leaving jobs now for many different reasons, right? Um, you know, for some, it's location is now no longer a factor. So they're, they're exploring new opportunities. Some, some people want to work remote, and their company is maybe you know, talking about bringing them back into the office. Uh, you know, the, the counter is true. Some people want an in-office experience and a, and a remote is not right for them. Um, people are seeking more autonomy. People are thinking about compensation. Uh, you know, there's definitely in the tech industry, right? You can often, companies that are not aggressively uh, recalibrating their top performers mm -hmm. every year are going to lose those top performers to another company that will, will push them away for more. Um, people are, I think, seeking a little bit, in some cases, more meaning, more autonomy, more flexibility, uh, really just stepping back and evaluating what is it that's important to me in a job. And so I think, I think there's a lot of different things that shape that, right? But from a company standpoint, you want to you want to be able to attack or, or be able to to approach all of those different challenges. Um, starts by making sure you have a really great company culture that's you know that that gives people the autonomy, sense of belonging, purpose that they need for the job to feel meaningful to them. And what's right for for one company's culture is not going to be right for another company's culture. But I do think that um, bringing more transparency and more uh, transparency builds trust with employees. And so ChartHop helps provide a lot of transparency in terms of you can see on the org chart, you can see on the map, you can quickly pull together who's in my area, who just got hired. Uh, who joined my team? I'm going to look up this person's uh, profile and I'm going to learn something about them. It becomes the sort of internal social network for your company. Is So that gives people a sense of belonging, right? If you're sitting at home as a, uh, you know, you're sitting at, at home talking to everybody on a Zoom screen, everybody's in a little rectangle. How do you connect with, yeah. with everybody else? 
And part of it is just feeling like you're part of a virtual space. Um, so that's one piece of the belonging. Then the analytics piece, right, is understanding, hey, who are our top performers? How are they being compensated? You know, being able to very quickly fix and service any pay disparities uh, that, are, uh, that are in place. You know, being able to quickly surface, for example, in tech companies, equity comp is like big, is a big thing. Um, a lot of times equity comp gets surfaced in a very different way than yeah. the, the payroll comp, right? People yep. will log into, you know, their payroll system and we'll see their paycheck, but they, they, they have to log into some separate system like Carta to get a view of their equity comp. But then for a manager who's trying to pull it all together and, and look at the 40 people that report up to them, and understand who's coming up on their resting schedule. What does this person's total comp look like? Yeah. Who hasn't been a refresh in a while? Like you need ways to surface that. Yeah. You need ways to surface that scalably, and you need a way to surface it in a way that's um that 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 can empower all the different managers and all the different individuals in the company to have access to the information they need. Interesting. So when when you when you do an implementation with your platform to, to different companies and variable industries and, you know, depending if they're startup, mature, employee size, you know, all the various factors that make a company different. Is there a standardization in your model that says, you know, X metric or X factor has a, you know, a higher categorization or a higher value than other things like is there something that's always a higher value when you look at the dynamics of the company or or is it variable depending on the industry because i mean I, I would think that depending on who it is how many people there'd be so many different variables i'm trying to rack my brain on how your software even works <laughs> you know it's yeah. well it's, it's it's tricky because the the first thing we really have to do is sort of clean up or make sense of the data because typically people have not um Usually the, the places where this, this type of people data is stored is usually a set of systems that are generally not used for analytics, right? Mm. It might be a, a payroll system or an HR or, uh, you know, your applicant tracking system um, or, or for that matter, you know, Carta or E-Trade or your performance management system. Um, all of these different systems, and, and you know, the average mid-market company uses often north of ten different yep. HR-related systems. Um, Interesting, yeah. You know, but typically those systems are being used to, uh, to 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 have you know some particular workflow, right? Like run a performance review, and but they're not used to actually analyze and pull data together. So the first thing we have to actually do, we've got integrations with just about everything out there that, that pulls the data together. And we have to sort of normalize the data. Okay, yeah. so you're building APIs with all these third-party tools and you're actually connecting into a single, I guess, uh, a data lake of sorts of HR data. And then using yeah. that as a, as, a, as a platform to be able to build out true profiles, right? Uh, of that person. And then from that, you probably have a servicing layer. And that servicing layer has your AI on top of that. It has your queries, you know, it has your, you know, capabilities for machine learning and whatever. And then from that, you have application output, I'm guessing. 
In my world, it's we deal with exactly that. We we, we try to call it a, a super profile or something like that. It's it, it's it's difficult because every language is different, every tech language is different, and you're basically you're spending time building out these profiles. But yeah, I I I'm, I'm going to summarize that as it's a giant pain in the ass. And yes. you know, I'm glad there's a software out there like yours that does this because it's kind of game changing. People don't realize what chart hop can do. And, and now that I'm digging more into it and talking to you, I'm sitting there thinking, Holy crap. Why do people not use this more? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm already thinking about like how beneficial chart hop will be to my organization. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, you talk about Ian and chart hop is uh, companies should ditch their annual planning. And we have a <laughs> I love significant <laughs> annual planning process uh, the larger the organization, the longer the annual planning process, right? So what what's your what is that? What it really means that hey, companies should ditch the annual planning? Can you explain a little bit more? Well, business moves a lot faster than annually, right? Things are always changing. I mean, you know, especially in high growth companies, but at any scale, there's there's shifts in the market, business strategy. Key people leave, key people are hired. You know, there's things are always changing. So while an annual plan is a useful exercise to step back and zoom out, you need to be able to be responsive and flexible to what comes up. I mean, I, I probably all have the experience, right? Building an annual plan, you spend all of October and November building the plan, and by January 15th, the plan is like out of date. Um, and, yeah. and, and so what you need is if you have a, if you have a way a system that allows you to plan continuously and flexibly right in the same way that we moved from you know back when I was doing QA in the 90s it was for shrink wrap software that you did a release you know once a year now the industry has moved to continuous deployment where, you know, a charge will probably deploy 10 times a day. Yeah. In the same way, uh, you know, antiquated annual planning processes or for that matter, you know, annual performance reviews, uh, comp reviews, all these things can actually, if you've got the, if you've got the technology and the insight and the ability 
to move responsibly and quickly, but then then the, the whole the whole game changes. So like at, at Chuck, for example, um, you know, we use our own product. We've grown like crazy. We're we're almost 130 people. And uh we started this year, we were 30. So you know, we laid out a plan at the beginning of the but as the, as the business you know changed and we saw needs and 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 had you know areas we wanted to invest in. If a manager or a leader wants to make a change to headcount plan, it takes them two minutes. They go into chart, they literally open up a new scenario, <laughs> drag around boxes, add new boxes to the org chart, and it plugs in everything to the financial model and the budget. So you know, I, I can review it. Well, it's yeah. easier for you to make decisions. It's easier for you to, that's yeah. brilliant. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, go for it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It changes the whole decision-making process when things are real time. Instead yeah. Of, instead of just having to be this, this big process. The same thing with access to data and yeah. analytics, right? If you have to like, if you have to go to your, you know, head of HR, and say, hey, please pull for me. Like, what was the turnover rate of the this part of the engineering? Yeah. You're not gonna do it. Like, you're just not, you're too busy. Like, yeah. and your HR is too busy too. And so, yeah. so nobody's gonna do it. Um, and you're not gonna have that insight. But what if what if like answering the question was as easy as asking it, right? What if the, all the answers were at your fingertips? How would that change the way? You, you you piloted your business. How would that change the way you managed? How would that it, change? Yeah, you it's know? shockingly brilliant. It's shockingly brilliant. And the thing is, it's your marketing department and your BI department cannot be the only people who have beautiful analytics. Right. <laughs> you know, because Samir and I are stuck with departments who have this amazing dashboards and analytics, and you're sitting there thinking, why does HR have to suffer? Yeah. Why why is it a process where I have to? I, I we, we're talking about headcount planning right now at, at our company, and we're trying to figure out, you know, uh, how much we should grow, and we have to go and we have to justify, we have to build out models. We actually had to do a time scheduling scenario about how much our workload is based on how much time we spend on the number of uh, accounts that we can manage at a single time, and then we had to build out a model to say if we increased our accounts by two x. How much more headcount should we possibly need? I'm sitting there thinking there's an easier process. <laughs> there is. It's got to be, and that's that's what Chart Hub does, right? I mean, wow. amazing that it's amazing yeah. that uh, you can solve uh, the people analytics uh, people problem by using analytics. Um, so it, it's just what the Ian and his team is doing there. Uh, I have one quick question, Jeremy, and, and yeah, go for it. Anything else, and feel free to jump in. One of my pet peeves also is uh, creating a sense of purpose in employees. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I understand that, uh, you know, Chart Hub provides the analytics and provides the data. If I'm a leader in the company, if I'm looking at my organization uh, and I see all kinds of people that are top performers, there are people who need improvement and so on and so forth. How do I create that uh, sense of purpose so then it will attract new employees uh, from other organizations that are as talented? at the same time, retain my top talent? So first, it's just, I think, no software can tell you how to lead or manage, right? But what software can do is, is help give you insight on where you need, where you need to focus and, and, and how you need to, 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 to dig into certain things. So 
for example, start off and run engagement surveys, both on a, you know, on, on any cadence you want, right? So we just completed, you know, our all company engagement survey, uh, which, you know, we do a few times a year that we, we cover all kinds of topics. But we also, every time someone does a one-on-one -on -one check in with their manager, they rate how they're doing on a scale of one to five every week. So we can see, um, you know, broad macro trends in terms of the, uh, what's happening around the organization. Like, is there one part of the org that is feeling really stuck and demotivated right now? Like, maybe that's something to, to, to dig into and, 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 and solve for. And when you think about performance management, um, you know, I think performance management sometimes gets a, a bad name, right? Because it's like, it feels like this, this really long, just expensive, difficult process uh, that, you know, can be subject to all kinds of bias. And, you know, there's just lots of problems with the traditional performance cycle. But if you can make it really painless to both run the process and react to the data and calibrate the data, um, it, it, it becomes a much more impactful tool for understanding, okay, here are our top performers. These are definitely people we want to look at promoting and, and retaining and compensating. But, you know, the underperformers, why are they underperforming? Like, maybe they didn't get the tools or the resources that they needed to succeed. Like, you know, maybe because our company is fully remote, we're doing a bad job of onboarding these new hires. We're not, we're not, um, we're not getting what we thought we would out of the interview process because we've got a training and process issue, right? And so having the data, again, and being able to analyze it rapidly and in real time allows you to create the environment that is going to be, uh, that's going to give everybody a sense of meaning and purpose and belonging. Um, you know, that, that's where it has to start. I also just think, you know, when you share data with the organization, a lot of people get, I think, a little bit scared about sharing things like, you know, do we want to show if somebody's leaving the company, right? Like, well, do you want people to see that they left the company on chart off, or do, they want, do you want them to find out from the rumor mill when, like, their email bounces? Like, Interesting, yeah. Right. Um, it, it, when, obviously, sensitive information like compensation or people's personal data, you don't, you don't want to share so startup has all these access controls that prevent anybody from seeing any data they're not supposed to be able to see we categorize every data category and based on people's role and structure in the organization we filter everything that they can see mm -hmm. but once you have a sort of trust and safety that you're not going to share anything that is truly sensitive you can actually share everything else right and so knowing for example what are the open roles that the organization is hiring for and where are they going to fit in in the org structure is actually really useful for, for people, even individual contributors, mm -hmm. in having a sense of belonging and a sense of understanding where is the organization going. Oh, I see. We're going to be building out this team here. We're going to be hiring a manager into this role. You know what? I... I know a great manager from my last job that I'm going to refer to that position, right? Mm -hmm. um, by, by not keeping information 
that didn't need to be secret, secret, but by sharing the organization, you actually create both an environment that has more trust in it, and you actually are able to hyper align the organization towards its goals, right? If you're trying to recruit yeah. for a goal, tell people about it so they can make a referral. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I, I have a question about culture and, you know, how, you know, typically when you talk about a, a company that has, let's say you have a single office, right? I'm going to do multiple scenarios. You have a, a single office, you know, smaller company that's starting up. Um, the culture is is something that's built organically, right? A lot of times the the leadership or the, the founders will instill a culture, right? You know, we bring in food. Kind of thing because we you know we have shared lunches or I used to work at a place to where the VP brought in breakfast tacos every Friday it was fantastic and the one week that he was there that his assistant forgot to bring in tacos everybody was pissed off um, <laughs> because it's one of those things because no I missed breakfast tacos. I know I, they're I mean they're like come on man somebody we've been doing this for two straight years and one week. We forgot our breakfast tacos and everybody was like upset, right? But then you have those, you know, expanding offices. So let's say you have an office in, in New York City and you open up one in Chicago. You know, how how are companies effectively using ChartHop to be able to drive culture? Because I'm sitting there thinking there's, what is that connectivity between analytics, metrics, and data and really something that's then qualitative, right? You have the quantitative and the qualitative. How do you mix those two together to create a culture? Yeah, so it's something I think a lot of companies are really trying to figure out right now is how do you build this remote kind of culture? Uh, and even as people return to the office, it's still an issue, right? No matter what, uh, you know, a company at some size is going to have, is going to have people in different locations. Uh, and so we do a lot of, there's a lot of sort of built-in uh, features and things that, that, that are in turn up that, that help support culture. So for example, uh, when somebody joins, uh, there's an about me and we answer, you know, some, you know, what was, what was your first job? Uh, you know, what, what are your, what are your hobbies? What are your likes and dislikes? You know, what's important to you in a workplace? All those kind of things. You fill those up. It actually gets posted automatically, turned off posted to a Slack channel, and people can react to it. And then, you know, later on, you start to sort of build up this um, this 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 library just of 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 people in their their um, you know about meets and yeah, so really new, somebody's new at the company, they can you know who is this person who just emailed me. Uh, or this person I just saw on the Zoom call, I'm actually going to look up their, their profile and learn a little bit more about them in their books. Um, you know, we we have people, people can do a name pronunciation on, on Charhop to, uh, you know, help them know how to pronounce their coworkers' names, like record their name and hear their yeah. voices. Um, we do, we have shout outs. So, you know, you can, you can, Press the button on turn up and give someone shout outs for uh, for something they accomplished. And that goes to that goes to a channel on Slack where, where people can uh, can celebrate that. And then um, you know the the kind of the being able to have all this data flowing into one place means that when something happens, a win, a high, a new hire, uh, mm -hmm. it can it can be 
announced and celebrated. So Charhop lets you set actions that any data is really, you know, in the in the marketing world, means marketing automation, basically. Um, you know, my old, my old marketing company, we called them uh, uh, triggers, right? Where you, <laughs> yeah. We call them actions where, yeah. and, you know, in response to any anything happening on the platform, you can sort of route it anywhere else. So, for example, if you want to send a manager a reminder, um, it's their direct report's birthday. Yeah. Uh, so it's a big deal. It's a big deal when, when your manager it's like tells you happy birthday. It's the little things that count, you know. The little it's the little things that count. And and yeah. so um Charhop just really we we're we're constantly trying to add sort of things that can support culture through data. Um, um yeah, yeah. And I would just brilliantly say that, you know, and, and, and Samir is gonna wrap up with our last question, but I, I'm gonna brilliantly say that or say that you guys have brilliantly put together the last remaining piece of a company that has not been, has not been updated. And, and it's shocking. Every other part of the business has been updated. Everybody's trying to, to hack and, and, and do all this horseshit with, you know, with sales and, and marketing and operations and finance and their software and everything. And the last audience or the last division or department of a company that gets any love is usually hr hr and yeah it's it's like the most archaic you know division or department of any company and it's amazing to see that you actually have something that works and it's brilliant in what you do because i'm sitting there thinking why the hell is everybody not using this and so everybody who listens to this podcast should go check out chart hop because it's pretty damn cool yeah charthop.com yeah. definitely check it out uh, one last parting question, Ian, uh, and then we'll let you go. Is uh, now you have you have been in this journey, you have come a long way. Uh, your organization is growing really fast. What's next for Chartup? What does the future looks like for HR people analytics? Well, I think that the future is going to bring even more data together to help make better decisions. So we're really looking at how can we connect to not just parts of the sort of HR and finance stack, but how can we actually really drive um, great company and, and business outcomes through connecting to all parts of the stack, right? The, the sales stack, the marketing stack. Um, you know, I, I think people are really understanding now, like, you know, you, you mentioned HR tech, has not been this underinvested area. And yet people, the cliche goes, our company's most important asset was a cliche because it's true, right? A company is nothing but the people and the talent and the, 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 the people who are accomplishing things every day, working together as a team. And, and so we believe that People strategy and people analytics is, it's not just an HR function. It's a, it's a company level uh, function for everybody. And so we already see that in the, you know, you have a, a few hundred customers so far. When those companies are using a chart hop, it becomes this daily tool for everybody because it empowers everybody with information. Yeah, 
that's that's really what our mission is is to empower everyone at every company with the information that helps them achieve better workplaces and achieve better outcomes that's awesome no that's awesome yeah like i said uh that's fantastic yeah it we, we um you know, I, I think you're a second guest that is focused on this and, and it's shocking how much the, um, you know, this is well needed in a company. And Samir, uh, please note for our predictions for 2022. So, Ian, we'd like to do uh, predictions for the upcoming year. This is going to be part of the predictions. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, that, that'll be a good, good one for the next podcast as well. And uh, kind of what. Yeah. And pointed out, like, I think it's people analytics is going to be one of the most important analytics, I would say, in the coming years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have a, a validation here with Ian's company growing at an enormous rate is because there is definitely a need for this type of solution. Yeah. We try to solve ROI problems. We try to solve our sales outbound problems and finance and all kinds of analytics People, uh, as Ian pointed out, is one of the most important, if not the important part of the organization. And in order for the organizations to make any progress with ROI or sales or finance metrics, you need to get your people metrics uh, intact in place and start using it. Completely agree. So this has been fantastic. Ian, um, we're going to close up right now, but this has been great. Uh, I, I think... As a reminder, everybody, again, go to charthop.com, all one word, C-H-A-R-T-H-O-P.com. Um, if not, even find Ian on LinkedIn, connect with him. He's got a brilliant background um, with a lot of the great things he's done. Um, it, it's been great uh, to hear your insights on where you've come from. And, the, and, and I think the one of the big thing about, you know, somebody with kids or somebody with, you know, the teenagers in the house, teach them how to code. Because they, uh, it, it seems like it's brought you a lot of successes. You know, um, I, I wouldn't say have them start QAing <laughs> that early because that, that's an intense job. I mean, man, I remember. Why not? QA. I would say, yeah, let's start there. <laughs> but no, this has been fantastic, Ian. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, we we uh, you know we had a pleasure of having you in the show, uh, and uh, we look forward to having future conversations as well as uh, Chart Hub progresses. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, both of you. No problem. Thank you, guys. And and as always, keep on bringing on the guests. Um, we've had so many guests. It's been absolutely crazy. Um, and so people keep reaching out to us and saying, hey, you got to interview this guy or I got to interview this lady. And, um, you know, keep, keep bringing them on. So um, thank you, guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Soon. See ya. joining analytics